everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. Today we are excited to welcome Johanna Alik to This Week in Skating. Johanna competed for Estonia in both singles and dance. As a single skater, she competed on the Junior Grand Prix and won the Estonian National Silver Medal twice. After getting injured in 2010, she switched to ice dance. With partner Paul Bellantuono, she won the 2012 Estonian Junior title and competed twice at the World Junior Championships. She returned to singles in 2015 before retiring from competition at the end of 2017. Since then, she's been giving back to the sport as a coach and choreographer, but also through Jiv Sport, a skating clothing brand that she started with her mom. This season, Jiv Sport is the official licensee of the U- of U.S. figure skating. Johanna has also wrote a book called The Book of Figure Skating. Johanna is also an advocate of those with eating disorders and does life coaching sessions as well. So we want to welcome Johanna to This Week in Skating. Welcome, Johanna. Hi. Hello. So happy to be here. Thank you, guys. We are so happy to have you with us to talk about what you've been up to, talk about your skating career, and also about the other interests that you have going on that are connected to the sport, because you're doing a lot of things. Yeah, I I. I don't know. I think it's the skater in me. As as I quit skating, I still felt like I need to keep myself busy. You know, if you're used to skating five hours every day, you stop and then you're like, what now? So I definitely have filled up my days. And I hope that now that I've done a few milestones that from now on, maybe I can slow down a bit and <laughs> enjoy it. Let's just kick this off by going back and talking about how did you get started in skating? Like, what are your earliest memories? Um, I think my start into skating is a pretty uh, uh, standard story. I started when I was five. My parents took me to a skating rink. That was at the time that Estonia was a newly independent country. We're a former Soviet Union country. So There was really not much skating in Estonia. We skated at an outdoor rink covered in wool items, like head to toe, (laughs) cold winter, you know. Um, And I I loved it. I was definitely the more energetic type of kid in my group. I was super enthusiastic. I liked going around the rink. I wanted to jump. I I loved it from the beginning, for sure. Like my parents could see that that's that's the right place for her. Um, Pretty soon, I was definitely showing some skills as well. So I moved up pretty quickly in my progress and my level and um, I I would say like my early uh, years in skating and my early teens was definitely mostly winning or at least being on the podium so I was always like at the top of every competition at least top three everywhere so uh, I was doing really well for 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 the type of conditions we had and then um that was also the first time Estonian skaters started going to junior Grand Prix and when they started them. So I did some junior Grand Prix and, and yeah, I guess that's how the shortly my career went. Yeah. And Daphne said she photographed you at a junior Grand Prix event. That is so crazy. I remembered and I had to go look it up. I'm like, I have to see this because I remember them competing, you and Paul competing at a JGP, and yes, I think it was 2012. That's so crazy. <laughs> it was so nice. You, you should show me the pictures because I know, I don't know if it was that season, but one season I also competed 
the Grand Prix, I was wearing a cast around my arm because I had broken my wrist right before the competition. Oh, I don't know. Probably wasn't in the States, but I know I did a Junior Grand Prix with Paul with a cast around my hand. <laughs> I am going to look those up after we finish this interview and see if I can find them. I know they're in our IDC gallery. So uh, yeah, I'll take a look for those. So how did you transition to ice dance? Like what really pushed you to continue? Well, I must admit at that time, I was definitely not excited to go to ice dance. I really loved single skating. I loved to jump. I, I was, I thought that was it for me. Um, but my injury was on my right foot from jumping too much uh, LUTs, mm -hmm. triple LUTs. And it made my bone almost deform on my boot in a way that I couldn't put my boot on, let alone jump. And my doctor told me, you either quit jumping now or you're expecting a very dark future with your foot. So that really left no choice. And I took quite a bit of time off to decide what to do. And then my mother was someone who was, who was like, she suggested I try it because that means I can still skate. I can put my boot on, I can do everything I want, meaning skating, uh, but I don't have to jump. And I was definitely a very um, emotional skater. I love to dance. So I had those skills in me already. Um, and when I did the first few lessons with a coach in Estonia, I thought, why not? Let's try it out. At least I can stay in the sport. So once I got more into it, I definitely really liked it. But Looking back, I think I still prefer single skating. Yeah, because you went back to singles before you retired. Now, how did that work if you were still I having know. that problem with your foot? <laughs> well, I stayed away from doing any jumps for five seasons. So five seasons, there was or years, let's say. I did not do a jump off the ice, on the ice, nothing, zero. No jump rope, nothing. Um, maybe just toe picks in ice dance, you know, you do those. Um, and so when, so we quit skating, we quit the partnership with Paul after two seasons. And then I was looking for another one for quite a while. And, um, it seemed that, it, that I found someone and it was, it, it was a very good match between me and him. It was actually in Vancouver. So I moved to Vancouver and like make this whole switch in my life to like dedicate for another season. Cause this was also the time when I was like, do I continue for university because I had just graduated from school or do I put more effort into skating for to at least see how this goes so I decided for the second option and then as we were getting ready for the season all seemed to be going well and then like we flew to Estonia for a test skate everything was super positive we got back to Canada and he told me you know what I'm quitting skating oh, so I was no. like no. <laughs> You know, like I had just like, couldn't you tell me that in Estonia? <laughs> it's, Before you, you know, moved? It's time difference. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like anyway, it was quite a heartbreak for me. And that was really like, because uh, I had, it was already all the deadlines to go to university had passed. Like it was really like, oh, come on. That was like end of August that he told me. So uh, obviously I, I went back to Estonia because I was like, I'm I'm done with ice dance because I don't want to dedicate like this again. Because mind you, meanwhile, I had done like 50 plus tryouts with many different guys. So there was a lot of different like uh, ideas in my head where I would move, where I would train. And as an 18 year old, it's a bit too much. And I was just like, you know, I just want to like 
like make my own choices and not do these choices based on a guy who I can't rely on, you know? So, um, yeah, I went back to Estonia. I was off the ice for quite a few months. I, I started taking just some open courses. And meanwhile, I was like, ah, let me just go skate by myself. And then funnily enough, one of my old training mates, Elena Glebova, who did three Olympics, her last one was Sochi, I believe. Uh, yeah, Sochi. Um, she was at the time a director of the rink where I was going on public ice. And I still to this day remember she messaged me on Facebook Messenger. She, I mean, I knew her since I was 10 years old. She was like, hey, like I saw you on the ice. Like, do you want to come back to skating? Like, I'll take you. I'll train you. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> was like, you look good. Like, you look like you still got it. Like, why not? And I was like, Elena, I haven't jumped in five years. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> and I'm not like 15 anymore. And she's like, yeah, but let's just try it. I don't have any students at the moment. Like, that was when she was just starting because she's only five years older than me. So I was like, okay, fine. So we really started learning the jumps from singles, like from scratch, which was and at that time, I don't, I really don't think anybody has switched from ice dance to single skating because I think that's a way harder challenge. <laughs> I know that there are things you learn in ice dance that can help you with singles, but not oh. if you're starting in ice dance and then going to sing. like that is a, I mean, you can still take some of that with you, but to, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of unique that you went from singles to dance to singles. <laughs> that is not common journey. To be honest, I feel like what helped me a lot was the was what I did take from ice dancing. There was a lot of confidence I took from there and a lot of this like skating skills, obviously, interpretation, all that stuff that came from ice dance really came over to uh, single skating. And that helped me um, in terms of not getting as nervous in competition, for example. But for me, of course, so we started in December or late November or something uh, in 2014, if I'm not mistaken, we started training single jumps. Then we moved on to doubles. Then we were like, okay, we need to set some goals in terms of your physique because I had lost all my muscles from jumping. So it was so much calculation. And then we hit a goal where I wanted to go and train in the States in Hackensack with her former co coaches, uh, Craig Morizzi and Igor Krokovic. Mm -hmm. So by the time summer came around, like the goal was, you need to at least be able to jump all the triples with a big downgrade. Like you need to be able to at least try to try a triple. So that was the goal. Um, and so we, and also there was a weight goal for me because I was at that time a bit overweight because I hadn't trained at all. Um, so as I achieved those goals, we went to the States for the whole summer. And I still remember when I went there, Igor told me like, like he was scratching his head and he was like, Okay, I think we can do this, but you know, we'll see. If you don't, have, I'm pretty sure he said, if you don't have five triples landed over the course of the summer, I'll give you your money back. He said. Okay. But I did land each one at least once clean through over the summer, which was like crazy to me. And then yeah, we started competing. Wow, that is wild. Yeah. It was intense. And Yelena Glebova, she was, she's kind of an Estonian icon, right? Because she went to three Olympics. I mean, she's, she's pretty great. So for her to seek you out and say, hey, you sure you don't want to come back? That must have been really cool. Yeah. I mean, for me, 
I, I'm still good friends with her today because we're almost in the same like age group. And for me, it was more about getting the mental support from her. Mm -hmm. I really considered her more as my mentor mm -hmm. rather than like technical coach. The technical side all came from the States. But to have her like by the boards and like believe in me was was new because <laughs> I didn't. I was just very much like this is intense and challenging, but I want this. Like I I really found this new fire in me and I was like, OK, this is my last chance to see what potential I have. Mm -hmm. So you retired in 2017. Take mm -hmm. us through kind of what you've been up to, like what we know that you have Jiv Sport. We know that you've written a book. How did you get to that point? Like, take us from there to where you are now. So once I quit skating, I mean, as you understood, my whole skating career had a lot going on, like different situations, like some that are a bit like scenarios that like you norm maybe normally people don't experience in skating. So as I quit skating, there were a few people who were like, oh, can't wait to read your book, like just saying it out like that. And and I was like, just like, oh, yeah, maybe one day, whatever. And after I quit, that was really just all about like, okay, I want to now study more, travel in the summer without training in the summer. Like, I just want to live like a normal person. So that's what I did. I focused more on school and work. And, um, but this thought of like doing a book has been in my head since then, maybe even earlier. There's been a few moments where I've thought about it just because of these things that have happened to me. Uh, but as this idea had really, how do I say, had cooked in my head, I realized that in some ways, I'm sure my story can inspire some people or help some people, which is why I've done some of my YouTube videos about eating disorders. But I felt like I don't want to write like a personal story because I just don't find it that special. <laughs> and I was like, I want to do something bigger that is a bit more of a gift to the skating community. and it still has a bit of my story in it, but my idea was more to put together my experience from over the years and put into a book everything that makes me love skating and, and to have that be something that inspires other skaters who are, no matter what age they are, no matter what gender, no matter shape, form, whatever, but so that they open this up and they're like, oh, I'm proud to be a skater this is cool. Like, I want to keep doing this. And they'll read these interviews with Jordan. They'll be like, oh, yeah, well, Jordan, Jordan Cowan on Ice Perspective is who I'm speaking. Yeah. Like, he was also like, oh, he was in the national team. Oh, I didn't know that. And now he's done such a career out of filmmaking in, on the ice, you mm -hmm. know? So, mm -hmm. like, I and I'm also an example of someone who I, yes, I was in the national team, which is an accomplishment. But I feel like what I've done after I consider those in some sense bigger accomplishment and bigger impacts the skating world. And that's like what I hope to achieve also with this book. So I guess like my my message is always like, like if you love skating, just skate. Like do that, feel good about it, feel good about yourself and help others become skaters and bring them and you have a community and just do that. Of course you can aim for the results, but you don't have to. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, now, what was your process like writing the book? Did you talk to people and do some interviews and things? Because you said it's not just about your story, others no. as well. Yeah. So, well, I'll show it once here. Oh. Look at that. Oh, Very my cool. gosh. And it comes out 
It's coming out like right about it's, now. It's shipping. Oh, okay. <laughs> shipping. Awesome. Very cool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the process was, uh, so it's been, uh, I've been working on it since spring, probably between two, 300 hours I've put into this. And, um, I have interviewed, uh, Luna Hendricks for this book in August. I interviewed Ilya Malinin during Skate America. I was there. So I interviewed him. Then I've interviewed uh, On Ice Perspectives. I've interviewed Roman Hagenauer for this book. Uh, also Ilya manager Ari Sakaryan who I know over 10 years and he's done so many shows and he's like a great skating manager then I also interviewed Kate McSwain from um, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, contemporary ice skating yes. um, and then I also interviewed Evelina Tikkinen who is the captain of the Helsinki Rockets synchro team so and, and of course lastly I also interviewed which is basically I would say it's my favorite interview is with um, an Estonian sports nutritionist and with her I asked very blunt questions about skaters and and especially skaters in transitional years and and I touched on the subject of this sort of phenomenon we see in figure skating where you have one season, this beautiful flowy butterfly, and then comes next season, and and it sometimes looks as if they became women overnight. Mm-hmm. And we touched on that, which I think is such an important topic that nobody really speaks about. And I put it all in this book. So the interviews for me was definitely the most difficult part because, oh, and I forgot, Rafael Artunian is in this book as well. How could I forget? <laughs> um that's quite a cross section yeah. of people <laughs> yeah. to capture, yeah. you know, the the whole essence of the sport. Yeah. And it seems like you were very careful to make sure you were you're getting a lot of voices, not just one or two. And I love the fact that you talked to a nutritionist because one of the things that we keep that keeps coming up is the importance of diet and nutrition in skating. Mm-hmm. as well as the number of athletes that are affected by eating disorders. Because it's not always apparent that that is happening until mm-hmm. after. And then okay. athletes come out and talk about, well, I had an eating disorder for five years, or I went through you know, bulimia, all of these different things that are kind of like a secret until mm-hmm. athletes feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah, and I just hope that that that's at least a section of people who open it up and read that interview, that even if they're struggling with, that at least maybe this book can support them a bit and make them feel a bit more confident to share it with someone. Doesn't have to be a parent, doesn't have to be a coach, maybe their friend, whoever. Because this, like my story, and I, and I mean, Luna Hendricks herself is a great example of someone who is healthy, Kaori Sakamoto, you have these examples and and also like just be healthy, you know? Um, Yeah, so, but of course it was my goal to make sure that despite me being a competitive athlete for most of my career, 
that I wouldn't forget that there's so much else to skating. There's synchronized skating, there's the contemporary skating, there's just hobby skating. And then there's all these other careers you can make out of skating. So I wanted to capture all that into it. <laughs> yeah, and I think you did. I think just then who you were saying you interviewed, it's just a lot of different people involved in the sport in very different ways. So hopefully someone will find something in your book. Now your book is available worldwide? I ship worldwide, yes. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And we'll make sure that we will put that information about your book in our show notes so that people can go out and get your book. Um, I now, will mention, just a side note, I will be selling it at U.S. Nationals as well. Oh, you're going to be, be at there. Nationals. Are you coming to Nationals? Yes. Yay! Awesome. Well, yeah. we look forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, that's exciting. Okay, well, we yeah. will definitely make sure we tell people to get the book and come and find you at Nationals, because I know a lot of our listeners do attend U.S. Nationals. That's one of their uh, events that they go to every year. So that's very exciting. Um, what, while we're talking about Nationals, I want to jump to the jackets and seeing Jiv Sport on that. First off, how did Jiv Sport come about? Well, Jiv was actually founded by my mother over 20 years ago while I was still a tiny, tiny skater because um, I had no clothes for skating. And obviously at the time, maybe there was one sports shop in the whole city. So she made me my first like training clothes, which actually... There's a picture of one of them in this book, which is absolutely hilarious. I can find it. I can show you. Um, so she made me my first skating clothes. I saw that not here. Anyway. Um, and then some other moms were like, hey, like, where'd you get them? So she had a seamstress made the other kids the same stuff. And then we made some club jackets for my club. And I guess from there, it started like snowballing a bit. And then... I joined, like I was part-time helping her all through the years, like with the designs and the fits and the characteristics of the items, because I was quite particular in what I like. And as I quit skating, I really joined full-time as the, I would say the creative director. But since we're a family company, we all do everything. So I I do so much, like, and my mom does a lot. So it's based out of Estonia. We produce most of the items in Estonia. We ship worldwide. And our goal is to create items that are not only like high quality and long lasting, but I want these items to also be like style wise long lasting. So you wouldn't have to get new stuff all the time because um, they do last you a long time. I like to create styles that are more long lasting. And that's so not uncommon to hear about a mom making clothes for a you know a skater we hear about that costumes and so it's always so cute here momming making those first costumes and but for your mom it became a business it, you know it went yes. on to become a business yeah she she uh quit her other job and then afterwards that's what she decided to do and now it's it's our family business that's wonderful so how did it come about that now jib sport is on u.s figure skating's uh, jackets for this season I mean to me this is so crazy honestly <laughs> I every time I see someone on tv in the kiss and cry with Jeep sport on their neck I am like 
that's insane. (laughs) I mean, I don't think I even dreamed that we could do that. Obviously, I like to, we like to support skaters. We've done national team wear for smaller countries like Estonia, Lithuania, like years for now. So we have the experience. But when we speak about Team USA, we're not talking about five skaters or not even 10. We're we're talking about hundreds and hundreds (laughs) of skaters who are all great. And it's just, so actually it's, it's now that it's all public and it's official. Now I can share it was actually a very um, interesting coincidence. Um, I don't know if you know, if you're aware, but like a year ago, uh, Ashley Wagner skate and sculpt, we collaborated on leggings. Hmm. So I was at last year's nationals with Ashley. Okay. And as I was packing up my stuff in the booth, it was like the last day uh, before the exhibition. I was already like packing my stuff. I heard Ashley speak to some guy. I would just like eavesdropped a little bit, but not too much. I was doing my thing. And then I realized, okay, this is someone from USFSA. So I'll just say hi, like just to be nice, you know? So I got up and I'm and I say hi, I introduce myself. And then it turns out this guy was the official um for the merchandise of US. And I was okay. like, <laughs> <laughs> so I immediately was like, hey, like it's very cool to meet you. Um does Team USA need jackets or something? And he was like, um, actually, yeah. So that's when it all started. And we were really like in discussion for the next six months to figure everything out. Because I mean, it's such a big project for us. And also for Team USA, like they have big sponsors and we needed to make sure it 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 works for both sides. And we wanted to offer them something that looks different and special and and I, I love the way the designs look. I think they look so good on each athlete. I love the USA on the zipper. I, I love those jackets. And I also appreciate that such a big team, I mean, I'm sure they could have gotten their jackets from some Nike or anybody else, but I appreciate that they chose a skating company. I think mm-hmm. that's so cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, like the the final confirmation came like, two weeks before Finlandia trophy this year. (laughs) So actually we were supposed to have the jackets already on the juniors, but because there were so much back and forth with like everything, we got the final confirmation of sizes and everything two weeks before Finlandia. And uh, we uh, we've been like shipping them in, in parts to make sure all the athletes have them. And I think by now everyone has them. (laughs) Maybe some are still getting, but yeah, it's a whole process. So, but yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, the U.S. adds athletes to the international selection pool and gives assignments for internationals throughout the season. So they're probably still adding people to it. But I do think that the jackets especially look different from what we've seen in the past. And I like that. I appreciate that. That mm-hmm. it's something new, it's something different um, than the than the norm, and I think there's something to be said for having a skating company be the ones to mm-hmm. to do that, to make it look different, to make it look. Sh- I think they look sharp. You yeah, know, they, that's yeah, they look great. Yeah. They're very like clear. You know, they stand mm-hmm. out. And I'm also very appreciative of the feedback we received from all the skaters, how they. Like we did so many things about the fit. It's not just the jacket, but like for me, it was important that when you raise your hands, that the jacket doesn't come up. And even if it does, that it slides down into the same place, like nothing mm-hmm. crumples. And all that feedback has been positive. So I think, um, and and the, 
just the cooperation with USFSA has been so positive. Like they've been so nice and it's been so easy to communicate, which is Mm -hmm. rare with such big corporations, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the jacket is such a big deal. When the skaters get the jacket for the very first time, when they get their Team USA jacket, they're all over social media posting a video with it. You know, it's really a big deal. So I'm sure you kind of had your own experience of that when you got to see the jackets on the skaters for the very first time. You probably were having, oh, my God, look, you know, I, you know, our, yeah. our, our brand is out there. Mm-hmm. It's it's been great exposure, and to be honest, I haven't had such a positive experience with other teams in the past. Just because I feel like the skaters that represent such a big nation as well, they feel so proud to wear and to be part of the team, and I can really sense that. So it's been uh, it's been lovely. <laughs> Has it helped with sales at all? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, we just generally, it's been. Uh, it's been great. I don't know if you've noticed, but also Ilya Malinin's training clothes are designed by me this season. Oh, wow. Oh, I don't okay. know if you noticed the gold striped items that he has in training. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. If you look at some pictures from the Grand Prix final trainings, like we, mm-hmm. we just did a little side project with him to, to have him be in something that is branded to him, the quad god. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I think... That in combination with the Team USA has been good exposure for us. And uh, I just hope it goes goes even further. All from a, a happenstance meeting. Crazy. Yeah, yeah that, that, crazy. Is, that is wild. Yeah. It, it just mm-hmm. goes to show that you never know when the opportunity is going to come up for you to meet someone that you can mutually do something as a collaborative project that can further both sides. 100%. You have to be open to that. You have to be ready for it because it can happen at any time. 100%. So what other things are you doing? Because we know you've got the book, Jib Sports. (laughs) What other things are you doing? Because I know you have a lot going on. Well, um, the book actually is my thesis for school. Okay. (laughs) I graduated from law school, almost three years ago now, uh, three years in the summer. And right after I went to university again to study graphic design. And this book is actually my thesis for graphic design. So so meanwhile, the last three years I've been studying graphic design and the book is like a culmination of it all because the book is basically the design, the fonts, um, the creative, everything is me. I've only used an illustrator who is also a figure skater, which I love. I used a photographer who is a figure skater and um, the and I used an editor because I'm not fluent in America in English. So um, an editor helped me fix all the mistake mistakes, but everything else is me. And it's like my thesis. And once I graduate, I don't think I'll go to university the third time. I think two is enough. <laughs> um, and since I actually live in Belgium, the last three years, I have helped uh, Jorik Hendricks in his camps in the summer. So oh. Luna's brother. Mm-hmm. So I've been sort of a freelance coach all through the years of since I quit skating. I'm not tied to any particular club because I'm very flexible. I've trained in Norway, some kids. I do some choreo here and there. Um, here in Belgium, I work with a club who is only hobby skaters. And it's so rewarding. They're like all 20 plus age and it's my favorite group to train (laughs) 
So I do that. And um, for for the most part, that is all. You're not doing any YouTube videos? Anymore? Well, uh, this year I have been too busy with the book. I was, um, I mean, I keep in my head, I'm like, I have to, I want to go back. I want to go back to YouTube, but it's, it's just, you know, too much. <laughs> but uh, I have made some beautiful skating videos over the years, also with Jordan. I've made some videos also in Estonia, on the sea in the winter. And those are something that I consider like my way of expressing and doing something like an art form. So whenever I get an idea, I like to go back to skating and do some sort of a beautiful video. Jordan's one of our good friends. Uh, during the pandemic, myself, Gina, and a few of our friends, uh, Jordan being one of them, would get together. We still do get together on Zoom because we were all just at a loss as to what to do with ourselves because we weren't planning to go to a competition. Jordan wasn't doing any film. There was nothing going on. Right. Yeah. And so we would get together and just all talk about skating, what we missed, you know, what was going, yeah, what was going on. And uh, he's really done such a fantastic job of carving something special in the skating world. Oh, 100%. And I and I also loved interviewing him because every, it's surprising to me, but all the people I interviewed, they were all such different age groups and different places mm -hmm. from skating. But I, what I was so happy to find out from my interviews was also that they all have the same vision in figure skating. Like they want to make some sort of a change, modernize, keep going, and 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 they're think and they're not just saying i want to they've already found ways to do it mm -hmm. and they're implementing those things and jordan is definitely one of them and and i i love him for it and i love what he does i think that yeah. definitely helps especially once skaters you know decide to stop competing to see that there is other things out there in mm -hmm. skating that they can do you know what jordan mm -hmm. does what you're yes. doing there's just so many avenues out there and i think when you know competitors stop they're kind of not sure what to do and i think with the interviews in the book and then just hearing what you're doing i think that will help skaters see okay i just got to find that right thing to do after i'm done competing i can still be involved in the sport a hundred percent. There's yeah. so many unexplored things still. Like what Jordan did was unexplored before. Now he's he's been sort of the pathfinder, and other people have followed, and uh, he he has created more jobs. And and I there's so much more. <laughs> yeah. At least with me, when I started IceDance.com, I found a place where there was something missing. Mm -hmm. There really wasn't a site devoted to ice dance. I got bored, like annoyed trying to go and find all this information that was all over the place and said, why am I rushing? Why, why can't I just, I'll just keep it all together here. I'll put all the links together. It'll be easy for me. And then it just became easier for everyone because people liked being able to find things all in one place. Yeah, exactly. And I think mm -hmm. if you find where there's a, there's always something missing where you can be innovative and come in and make something special. You just have to look for it. It takes a little bit of time. Yeah, for sure. And I think people do struggle with mm -hmm. life after skating and what to do. Oh, There's for sure. There's also the part of like skating world 
can be very toxic. So if you come out of skating where you've experienced a lot of toxicity and and just unpleasant experiences, it's not the most inviting environment to want to go back to. And and I've been so lucky that I quit skating really on a high. I was in my best like shape, so happy. I did a clean skate, my very last skate. Like it was just so positive that that helped me overcome all the negatives that I experienced during my sports career. And I realized that these people that I interviewed have done the same in many ways. And um, I'm I'm gonna be a bit mistaken right now in exactly what I say, but Jordan said something uh, during an interview, which I actually quoted in this book as well. And he said, why should I um, continue to skate uh, if there's other people who want this more than I do? Mm which like he said it in a better way and I can look it up and send it to you. But he was just like, you know, I just knew I didn't want this enough. I knew I wanted something else. I wanted to mix all my passions together, which for him was technology, skating and dance. Like, so that's exactly what, <laughs> what he's doing. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, uh, so that's the thing, which, which I, and again, like you said, you 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 made your website by putting everything together in one place. That's how this book came. I put it, put all my favorite things in one place, mm-hmm. and and that's that's it. That's my passion right here. And and I think uh, I just hope this and everything that other people are doing to better the world of skating will help skaters have a better experience so that they stick to it longer. Yeah, and they are sticking to it longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, some <laughs> of the pairs and even ice dancers are skating into their 30s, mid-30s even. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, to know that you have that option, that you don't have to follow everyone else's path, you can make your own, is very empowering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jordan's quote is perfect. If it's not, if you're not wanting this as much as other people are wanting it, then, you know, maybe there's something else out there for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. Like, you know that it's okay. And the more people that do it, it validates you. Right. You know that it's, you know, you're reminded other people are doing this too. So Mm -hmm. I, why can't I do it as well? And you don't know what you can bring to that side of the sport until you start looking and seeing because a lot of skaters are involved like as technical specialists as judges like there's new people coming into new roles once they leave com- the competitive mm-hmm. world but i like all of these outside the box things too mm-hmm. because i think you know jordan especially with his unique vision is bringing different sides of the sport to life in such a new way, um, being on the ice and recording them. So I think the more that people do this, the more exciting and wonderful it's going to be to get to see this sport just continue to evolve. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, we so appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with our audience? Oh, I no, I don't think so. I just... (laughs) I'm I'm very grateful that you guys even took your time to do this with me and and help me promote this little passion project of mine and uh, 
and I'm so happy to see you guys at nationals. Um, yeah. Yep. Definitely find me and uh, yeah, it'd be really nice to see you guys. Yeah. Now, what will you be doing at nationals for our listeners? Can they find you on the concourse? Or are you going to be yes. with Ashley? Be a Jeeves sport booth there. Okay. Jeeves sport yeah, booth there. Be. And will you have copies of your book there or? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent. That's awesome. I definitely want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's all basically. <laughs> well, Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? Well, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. On social media, the site formerly known as Twitter, at thiswkinskating. Facebook and Instagram, it's thisweekinskating. We're also on threads. We love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We want to thank Johanna Alik for joining us on this episode of This Week in Skating. We have reached the end of our episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have an ice week. Ice week.